chapter six of my queen a weekly journal for young women issue one september nineteen hundred this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the plot of a villain adelaide gray listened intently to the country girl's story but not so much as by an expression did she show that she sympathized she was a woman of twenty-five and would have been exceedingly pretty only that her face was marred by lines of sorrow about her mouth and a coldness in her eyes that was very repelling her gown was of rich materials and she wore a few expensive jewels further every movement which she made was indicative of natural refinement the coldness of her manner was something which she had acquired even to an inexperienced girl like marian it bespoke a morbid condition i have ordered some dinner for you she said quietly as marian finished here it is you must be hungry after your tiresome journey she rose to meet the waiter who was placing a loaded tray upon the table marian ate her dinner in some perplexity for every few moments miss gray excused herself and pouring a glass of liquor from a decanter on the table took it in to her host who still remained in the parlor does he always drink like that marian ventured to ask timidly for if he does i am sorry for my poor aunt she must be wretched indeed to have a drunken husband a grim smile stole over the woman's face he is drinking a little more than usual to-night she said softly but don't worry it won't hurt him and you will be that much safer why what do you mean asked marian in alarm miss gray laughed bitterly wait until he is dead drunk she said and perhaps i'll tell you marian was almost too astonished to even think but as yet not a suspicion of the truth had dawned upon her that the man in the parlor was her uncle she did not doubt for an instant but she was filled with disgust at the possession of such a relative of course he is no blood relation she whispered to herself and he may not be a bad man when he is in his sober senses what a pity it is he should drink she drew a long sigh at the conclusion of her reverie there said miss gray coming in and depositing an empty glass on the table at last he is safe for the night at least now i am ready miss marlowe to hear the rest of your story it was the first sign of genuine interest that she had shown and marian smiled at her gratefully before continuing miss gray watched her with the sharp glance of an eagle as she talked there was an intensity in her gaze that puzzled marian and you have come to new york alone to search for your sister she said finally without funds or friends you have entered upon this mission i have fifty dollars said marian reluctantly and-oh miss gray do you not think uncle will help me he must be rich to live in such luxury before she answered the question the woman rose and looked around moving every drapery and curtain and looking behind it cautiously at last she tiptoed to the front room and listened a minute when she returned she moved her chair as closely as possible to marian's see here girl you look brave she said very softly can you face a serious matter without flinching do you think i have something to tell you but you must promise to be perfectly calm when you hear it as she spoke marian noticed that her hands were trembling she clenched them tightly 
as though she resented this trace of weakness i promise said marian staring wide-eyed at the woman i am not a child miss gray you must see that you can trust me i see that i can was the quiet answer but the woman leaned forward and whispered rapidly you have made a terrible mistake my child but you are not to blame you are in the wrong place your host is not your uncle marian caught her breath sharply but did not utter a sound who is he then she said softly clasping her hands tightly together the woman shrugged her shoulders and glanced quickly around the room never mind who he is she said almost roughly he is not your uncle and he is not married now tell me who is your uncle and how did you come here marian replied with eager promptness my uncle is frederick stanton and he lives at the norwood i wrote him at that address and he answered my letter he married my mother's sister and he is very rich so rich that he has never recognized any of his wife's relatives in the country when dolly was abducted my father disowned her and i was obliged to write to uncle then i came to him she finished simply there are a dozen apartment houses in the city by that name said the woman thoughtfully he probably lives at the biggest one uptown on fifth avenue i don't know said marian anxiously i only knew the norwood you see i did not even think that there might be two of them well he should have thought and told you said the woman or the cabman should have as soon as you told him marian gave a quick exclamation which was as quickly smothered she had thought of something that might explain it there was a man watching me in the station while i was waiting she said slowly he heard uncle's name and the address i am sure and afterward i saw him give the cabman some money and a scrap of paper do you suppose it is possible miss gray interrupted her is that the piece of paper she asked drawing a scrap from her pocket marian took it and read these astonishing words dear ted here's a treasure right fresh from the country name marian marlowe looking for her uncle frederick stanton at the norwood married her mother's sister but she has never seen him expected him to meet her but luckily for you he didn't i'll be around to-night meanwhile i wish you luck don't ever say again that i am not a judge of beauty the note was not signed and marian looked at the woman inquiringly that was written by the blackest villain in new york said miss gray her voice vibrating strangely and it is not his first effort in that direction either marian rose from her chair and confronted the woman she understood at last the full horror of her position i am the victim of a plot she said at last oh my dear miss gray how can i thank you for telling me for once the woman smiled her features had softened amazingly marian's expressions of gratitude seemed thawing her coldness but can i not protect myself against them asked marian after a minute can't i have them arrested by a policeman or something miss gray smiled at the country girl's ignorance of such matters no use she said shortly what could you do you haven't an atom of proof that you did not come here freely but that bit of paper cried marian pointing to the note that miss gray was holding between her fingers in the coolest possible manner the woman tore it into atoms would mean nothing at all i can assure you she said quickly for in the first place i have destroyed it she rose and tossed the fragments into the grate as she spoke 
marian stared at her helplessly she was too bewildered to answer when miss gray came back her eyes were shining dangerously they have gone a little too far in their dastardly deeds this time she said in a whisper but i have the courage to thwart their plottings she began pacing the floor as she asked the question marian watched her for a moment in sympathetic silence the woman's agony was so genuine that it could not be mistaken oh i shall despise myself utterly if i do not save her she muttered for the others it did not matter but this poor child is innocent marian sprang to her side as she comprehended her meaning you surely do not mean that he would harm me she whispered sharply never never miss gray the thing is outrageous come let us leave this place at once she urged surely you can get a position elsewhere you need not work for such a monster the woman hesitated a moment and marian doubled her entreaties come miss gray put your hat on and we will leave this place at once we will go somewhere anywhere so that we can escape from that creature if he finds me i am lost muttered the woman slowly then she raised her head defiantly as she added but i will risk it but surely he is not your jailer cried marian in surprise he is worse than that was the woman's answer he has wrecked my life and made me his tool but it shall end to-night yes by your purity i swear it there was a sudden fierceness in her speech that startled marian she resembled nothing so much as a creature at bay a poor wounded creature who had turned upon her persecutors and was thirsting for vengeance a church clock struck ten as they left the building the country girl as innocent as an angel and the woman who admitted that her life was clouded and blackened where shall we go asked marian as they reached the curb the lights of the city were already bewildering her a cab rattled up to the entrance as she spoke and a man sprang out and started into the building miss gray caught marian by the arm and pulled her into the shadow that is emile vorse your pseudo uncle's boon companion she whispered savagely it is the man who watched me at the depot she answered marian as she gave him a sharp glance oh i never knew before that such creatures existed come said her companion as she hurried down the street i must get away as far as possible now that emile has come he will arouse his friend and that means that my hours are numbered what injury could they do you whispered marian as they hurried along they could tell the truth about me and make me lose my soul was the woman's strange answer one more goad from that villain and i shall commit murder marian shuddered violently but there was nothing to be said her companion had hailed a cab and was helping her into it End of chapter six